Welcome to the Knowing God Podcast. The hope of this podcast is that it would help you to know the Word of God so that you may ultimately know God. I'm your host, Andrew Rutten. Okay, before we jump in, I want to give one more quick reminder that we will be doing a couple more episodes to wrap up this week, and then I'm going to be taking a little break from releasing any new ones. There's a handful of reasons for that, and to be honest, I still don't know if that break will be for weeks or months or maybe forever, so we're going to do our best to keep you updated if we do begin releasing more episodes at some point in the future. But for now, I just want to say thank you. It has been super encouraging to hear how God has used these episodes, and I do hope he continues to work in your life through his word, which is part of our topic for today. We're wrapping up our study of this last section of Paul's letter to the Christians at Colossae. And what we've seen in this last section is Paul addressing or speaking about his community, people in his life or in the life of this church. These are ministry partners, friends, pivotal members of this church. But what Paul says in these next couple verses reminds us of the importance of God's word in God's community. So today, I'm going to read the next three verses, verses 15 through 17, and then we are going to discuss what it means to be a community built on the word. This is Colossians 4, verses 15 through 17. Give my greetings to the brothers at Laodicea and to Nympha and the church in her house. And when this letter has been read among you, have it also read in the church of the Laodiceans. And see that you also read the letter from Laodicea. And say to Archippus, see that you fulfill the ministry that you have received in the Lord. We mentioned at the beginning of our looking at this whole section that often our default to verses like this can be just to skim over them. We can tend to believe that there really isn't anything for us in passages like this. And honestly, these verses might be the epitome of that. It's talking about places that we've never heard of, house churches that we aren't a part of, a letter from Laodicea, a man with a ministry that we don't know anything about. So honestly, I do get it. Looking at verses like these are challenging. But as I studied and meditated a bit on this, here's something that I think is important. As Paul is talking about his community, notice the emphasis of these letters in these Christian communities. Paul is writing letters that we now have making up much of our New Testament scriptures, and Paul is saying that these letters are vital. In fact, we get a picture of how the early church handled these new scriptural writings in passages like this. So let me quickly touch on what we find out about these letters in this verse, and then talk about how understanding these letters are a communal project. So first, notice in these verses that it's actually talking about two letters. Listen to verse 16 again. And when this letter has been read among you, have it also read in the church of the Laodiceans. And see that you also read the letter from Laodicea. So there's one letter headed to the church of Colossae and one that at some point was given to Laodicea. Now, just quickly, that letter is debated on what it might be. There's two main camps that have formed. The first is some scholars believe it was a letter from Paul to the Christians in Laodicea 
and that it is a lost letter that we simply don't have anymore. Others believe it is actually the letter that we now call Ephesians. I know that may sound strange, and there's multiple reasons for that which I won't go into. Now, honestly, I haven't studied it enough and don't have a strong opinion, but at least there you go. There's the argument on this letter to Laodicea. So there's one to Colossae, one to Laodicea, and we also know, looking at the whole of Scripture, that there was a letter particularly written to Philemon, which is now a New Testament book of ours as well. So we see three different letters coming from Paul. One went to Philemon, who is in Colossae, one went to the Colossians, and one has gone to the church in Laodicea. Now, specifically with the letters to Colossae and Laodicea, what did the churches do with them? Paul says that they are to read them and then pass them on to Christians in the next city or region. So this letter to the Colossians was to be read as a community and then given to the Laodiceans so that they could read it as well. And as they did that, they should receive the letter to the Laodiceans and they should study it now as a community. Friends, this is how the New Testament was formed. These letters were from apostles and they were written and then passed around from region to region and presumably copied so that each church or region of churches could now study and meditate on these words. After a few decades, these letters were seen as scripture and put together in a compiled whole as God's revelation for the church in Christ. And these letters were given to communities to study and pass around to other Christian communities. And with that being said, here's one final thing I want us to take away from a passage like that. It is really common for our culture today to prioritize individual time and relationship with God. Now, there are strengths to that, to be sure. But one of the downsides to this is that we have lost the value and reality that the church has experienced globally for most of history, which is that studying, understanding, and abiding in the Word of God has primarily been a community project. Think about the reality of what Paul is saying here. People don't have their individual copies of Colossians. Individuals don't have these letters to Laodicea or Thessalonica or to Corinth. The churches have it. And the church reads it and studies it together in community. For most of the history of the church, that is how theology was formed and the word of God was studied, together. Now, again, I believe it is an incredible blessing that we have individual Bibles that we can study and read and memorize. And I do believe we need to spend time with God and his word individually. But, Since we are so biased toward individualism, I want to challenge the notion that an individual time with the Lord through his word is essential and communal time with the Lord is optional. Let me say that again. I want to challenge the notion that an individual time with the Lord is essential and a communal time with the Lord is optional. That simply can't be true if for most of human history, the individual side wasn't even an option. God built us for community. God forms us in community. Our communities must then be built on the word of God, and our understanding of the word of God must be built through community. 
You know, I spent some time in Asia one summer years ago, and I got to visit an underground church. And let me tell you, not one person that walked miles that Sunday to gather in a tiny cave believed that the individual was sufficient and the communal was optional. They, like most other Christians in human history, understood that the gathering together under the word of God was vital for Christian life. So I simply want you to reflect today on your view of community. Is it simply the outlet for you to have friends? Is it nice but not essential? Do you think that you can properly understand God, his word, and theology all on your own? I think verses like this point us to the reality that we need community and that our communities need to be built on the word of God. That is what Paul's intention was in his writing, and that, I think, is God's design for his word in his church. It's how we learn and grow as people. Yes, spend time individually with God and his word, and yes, spend time communally with God in his word. We need both. Friends, may God bless you and keep you. May he give you favor, grace, and peace.